Welcome back, Crack fans. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Thieneman. We were extremely excited to announce the winners of the Cracked Rackets t-shirt giveaway today. So thank you to everyone who participated and you know signed up for the Weekly Slice either on the website or send us uh, your email directly through Twitter or Instagram. So thank you for the support and participation there. Uh, last week, we announced that Parson Amadi joined our team as a contributor and as I'm sure most of you have already seen, he's had made a huge splash in the first week with five interviews. And trust us, there's a lot more where that came from, from Parsa. So look out for more content on the horizon from him. Uh, this Wednesday, actually, we also have a major announcement coming. Actually, a major, major announcement. We're really excited about that as well. And we can't wait to share that with you guys. So Definitely look for that and more to come there. So we'll we'll see you Wednesday. But until then, this edition of Cracked of the Cracked Interviews is going to be an instant fan favorite with top five player in the country from last season and Texas AM star Arthur Renderneck. Arthur and I chatted about his junior career growing up in France, his transition to the States and the recruiting process and how he ultimately decided on AM and also his, his decorated collegiate career thus far. So you're definitely going to like this one, Crack fans. And for now, enjoy my conversation with Arthur. Hey, Crack fans, please join me in welcoming the top five player in the country last season and Texas A&M star Arthur Renderneck. Arthur, thank you so much for coming on. We're excited today, and uh, we'll get right to it here. Thank you very much. So um, talk us through how you originally got into the game. Uh, is your family a big tennis family back home? Uh, yeah. Yeah, my mom was around, was about uh, 200 in the world. And uh, unfortunately, she got uh, around 19 years old. And fortunately, she got injured. She broke her knee. And she had a really long time to recover. And then it was too late. She was a bit older. And so it didn't work out. But she was already 200. So she knows a bit about tennis. And my father never really played the, the tour. But uh, had a really, really good uh, French ranking. And he started working pretty early. So he didn't really play the tour. He could, could, have, could have played but. And so, yeah, my both my parents put me on the court when I was pretty young. And I just, yeah, obviously picked up the racket and fell in love with the sport. So. And so you, you started out pretty young. When did you know you could play at a high level? Was there a, a tournament win or a tournament result where you knew? You know, I started around like six years old. I was just 
playing once or twice a week with my mom or like a friend that was pretty good too in my club. But uh, I kind of realized that I was not bad at this sport when, uh, when uh, you know, in France, it's working with the uh, region. It's not like the state in the US, but it's more region. And when I got, um, when the, this region, like federation, proposed me to to train me uh, at the main base, practice base of this region. So, like, I was basically in the top two or three players in of my region around Paris. So, so I realized that I was maybe not too bad. And uh, then I just kept kept playing for for years and uh, got better, changed a little bit uh, my region. Was still in the in the federation and just at around 18 years old, I just decided to go to the U.S. to keep keep playing and studying study there. And also talk about, uh, was it 2013 when you advanced to the main draw of, of a futures tournament in Egypt? Uh-huh. That had to be your final year before coming to Texas A&M, correct? Yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, I finished. I actually finished high school in um, during the summer of uh, 2013. So uh, I think around like, July. And uh, I decided to come in the U.S. only in uh, in January to play uh, to play some tournaments to be able for the first time of my life to to play tennis without any school, which was uh, something that I haven't been able before because I was always uh, been in um, in a regular uh, regular uh, high school. So I wanted to kind of take a break with school and be able to play some tournaments and feel how how it is to play the circuit or some big tournament in France and. Uh, yeah, I remember these, these two tournaments in Egypt didn't really go my way. I didn't play well. It was kind of tough. I, I went there by myself. Uh, I was young and uh, didn't really know what to do. I remember at that time I um, I received my uh, uh, notification from the NCA saying that I wasn't eligible for my first year. So I was I was really lost and uh, so a lot of things was going through through my uh, my head at this time. And uh, but I remember it was a good experience. I learned I learned some. Uh, I got some uh, some experience from uh, from these two tournaments in Egypt. And and during that time, were you traveling with a coach, or were you completely on your own? No, I was really completely on my own for all this semester, this fall semester of 2013. Before I came to the US, I was really on my own trying, I was practicing just right and left. Because uh, basically, why I went to the, I decided to go to the US is because the federation wasn't really like offering me anything anymore after 18. Because it's really only the the top two players that are getting uh, really getting a lot of help from the federation, and everybody else behind is not really getting much. So, and I was around probably five or six in the country, and uh, so the best yeah, the best thing for me was to go to the US, and obviously, so I I knew for three or four months uh, I didn't really try to find a really a practice base or something really serious because I knew I was going to the US in uh, in January. So, so yeah, I went by myself there. So, um, talk us through once you did get cleared by the NCAA. Talk us through the recruiting process. Were you? How did you get connected with Texas A&M? What other, what other schools were you considering at the time? Um, so um, it started, in, um, I would say, so in November 2012. So I was, I just started my uh, my senior year of high school, and um, I started really to. Consider the, U- the U.S. and coming to university because before that I didn't really know anything. Uh, I didn't hear that much, and I started to hear some uh, some feedback from uh, older player and my mom. Can I 
got in touch with a uh, with a person that was working to send send players to the US. So, so I got some news and I started to really feel in, interested when uh, when I realized that it's just basically what I was doing in high school, which is just keep keep studying and keep keep playing tennis at a pretty high level with really good condition. So I got interested, and uh, obviously, like I said, I wasn't the top two in the country, so I wasn't able to get anything from the federation. So the best thing for me was to to go to the U.S. After what happened is, uh, I started to send some emails and and contact the coaches from, like I would say, like yeah, the, the best universities in the in the country, uh, tennis wise. And uh, I got some, yeah, I got some mails back. I had few offers and. Um, and what really made the difference for me is that uh, Steve came the first time, like like straight after we we started to, to talk. He, he came in April, I think it was. Uh, came to visit me, meet my my parents, my family. I, I started to yeah really have like a, like a good like facing opinion uh, with him. And uh, my mom, which, which like I said was a ex tennis player at pretty high level, um, just realized that it was Steve Denton. Steve Denton, the guy that that played so many Grand Slam and was uh, 11 in the world, uh, played Davis Cup with, uh, for the USA and everything. So, so she knew about, about his background and, uh, and she just basically told me, uh, Arthur, you, you just can't refuse a, a coach like this with a big school, big program. They, they look like they're offering you everything you, you were want, you wanted. So, so it just, that's what you need. And so we stayed in touch. I basically g- gave my, um, my um my agreement to to Texas a and and Steve, and uh, even though I said that he came back in uh, July or August the second time in france to to watch me play or uh, during the french uh, French open under junior French open and uh, so that was nice again I just I really felt that she was really like interested in me and didn't just get my agreement and then just let, let me let me live in in uh, in France for three more months it just Kept 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 getting the interest interest for me, and uh, so that was a big a big part why I jumped to Texas A&M. Yeah. Um, so talk about you know once you committed, once you're on campus at College Station, Texas. What was was there a big adjustment going to the college game after playing all the all the futures around the country? Or um, um, it wasn't that big of a difference. What I I really felt like. First of all, since, like I said, I wasn't eligible for my first year, I've been able to watch all this first spring where I was just sitting on the side and watching the matches. I got some experience just by watching because I, I kind of saw what was going on and how, how I had to like handle the pressure and everything. So when I started my first spring for my second year in PlayStation, um, I already had some, some like, I would say, like information about how is the college game uh, working. And, um, even I remember, yeah, my first few matches was really tough. I, I played some really tough guys. Uh, I remember clinching against Ohio State, uh, a crazy match, a 7 5 in third, uh, at home, where it was basically my first match, I think, in, in, in my NTA career. And I played Oklahoma, where first in the country two month, two, two weeks later. And, uh, again, it came down to me for the decisive uh, single and, uh, and uh, we were able to win. Uh, I remember it was some crazy. I mean, straight at the beginning, I got the craziest match on my court. So yeah, I think it helped me a lot to to get this confidence and this uh, experience in the college uh, college level college matches. Sure. Uh, what was your first thought about 
the craziness of the the team effect, having you know rooting for other players and and because that's a different dynamic from juniors and even traveling individually. Yeah, yeah, sure. But you know, you know, in Europe, these few um, few team matches, you know, team club matches, like it's pretty famous. Everybody kind of know about it. And uh, I've been playing these matches since I'm really young for my club. And uh, so it's a little bit the same. Obviously, it's not the same environment, the same atmosphere with all these these fans around and and uh, everything crazy going on around. But um, but I can add already a little bit of uh, this feeling of team matches. Uh, I knew what, what what it was to to fight for for his part for his, for his teammate and everything else. So yeah, I was able to handle it. Not too bad, I think. At the beginning, but obviously, yeah, it was crazy when I when I I remember my I remember when I was sitting on the side my first semester when I was wasn't eligible. We played Georgia at home and we had around like a thousand two hundred people uh, in uh, in the stands. Uh, ESPN was uh, <laughs> was 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 here and uh, showing it on ESPN three, I think, or something like this. It was cameras everywhere. It was pretty crazy. I remember. Yeah, night session, okay. night, night session and everything. So it was like n- nothing better than Spirit can ask for. So, oh yeah, and yeah. Georgia, you know, back then probably what like two or th- or three or four years ago was a a strong strong program at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really strong. They were really strong. So I think a bit better than us. They were on five in the country. We were probably seven or eight, and uh, by beating them, we won the the SEC. I think I'm pretty sure. I was I was on the side, but I'm pretty sure we won the SEC this year because. Because we beat them at home. Yeah, you've kind of alluded to it. Talk a little bit about the differences in culture from the tennis culture in America as opposed to to France and and Europe. Like, is the approach to you know training and uh, traveling for tournaments the same in the juniors and and coming up in France as it is in America? I would say about the traveling part, yeah, I would say it's about the same. Nothing, nothing different. Obviously, you, you travel when you're in college, you travel with your team most of the time. When you travel more with a smaller team, I would say just with your coach or maybe a friend, it's in France, but the travel part is about the same. After, yeah, that practice, obviously the fitness is a bit different. I feel like, uh, it's more, um, you do more in the U.S. about fitness, like it's more hours, more repetition, uh, longer, harder. And in Europe, but it's not. I feel like it's not as much um, as much uh, as much details, you know, in the in the fitness part in the US. But I think both of them are pretty complementary of each other. Because um, yeah, I was doing this kind of European style fitness uh, younger, and I have the USA uh, style, so I think it worked out good together. I, that's what I needed to do more, more hours. Which is, uh, I mean, whether it is on the on the fitness or on the tennis court, I needed more uh, repetition, and that's really what I was looking for when I came here. Because uh, I had some good shots, but I wasn't really consistent and uh, and solid. And uh, I think that helped me uh, after three years here in uh, in the USA to be more more solid in my game and help me to get better. Sure, well, you know, last year you had an impressive impressive uh, result. You ended top five in the country. Talk a little bit about your goals for this upcoming season uh, with the team and then individually. I know it's different with, you know, you're, you're going to be traveling um, on, you know, with challengers this fall. But just do you all did you all have a lot of people graduate at Texas A&M or do you all return pretty strong next year? Um, yeah, yeah, my um 
my goal for this year is uh, obviously to try to get ready for uh, for next year when hopefully I will be able to start playing the circuit if everything works out with my school. But uh, yeah, individually, it's nothing. Uh, I don't put any pressure on myself about ranking rank, ranking wise, but. Uh, I'm just trying to develop my game as much as possible, being ready for the for the tour, which is really tough, tough tournaments and tough players, where it's a lot really physical and uh, and everything else. So um, I just try to to work on on my body with Steve all the time. He's always telling me just trust the process and uh, just get better. The the result doesn't matter as long as you you play the game, you need to play and to get better. So individually, yeah, no no big goals. Obviously, as a team, yeah, we. We had a pretty good team last year. Um, didn't work out in the round of 16 against UCLA, but uh, we really had big chances. Uh, fortunately, few of our guys didn't play the, the best on, on this day. But uh, yeah, we, we basically returned almost everybody. We just lost uh, our Russian Max Lunkin that, uh, that graduated and uh, Alexander Bakshi that transferred to Oklahoma. So um, we basically have the, almost the same top five. And... Uh, and uh, we got uh, one really good recruit this, uh, this fall, uh, Carlos Aguilar from Bolivia. That was, uh, I think, a top 20 or 25 here, junior. So it's pretty good. And we're getting uh, another English uh, junior in January that is around 60 ITF. So it should be, should, should be really good too. So I really look forward for the season. And I think we have a big chance to do something uh, something really big. And um and uh, obviously winning the SEC is, uh, is a big goal. And even... Even in the NCA, we're going to try for sure to to make a deep run, and uh, hopefully for my last year we can do something uh, that really makes uh, Texas A&M proud. Yeah, it sounds like you have a, a loaded team coming back, and a couple yeah. nice additions with uh, the recruit from Bolivia and and England as well. Um, yeah. So you've talked about, and I know we've even talked about, you know, your your next step and your eyes on on the pro tour. What are you doing uh, to improve your game in the weight room or a uh, specific area of your game to take your game to the next level once you graduate next spring? Um, on the tennis court, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm talking a lot with Steve, and Steve is giving me, uh, giving me a lot of advice about what it feels like I need, I need to develop uh, to get better. And uh, obviously, he's being uh, consistently offensive because uh, I have tendency to be too defensive sometimes so I really get to put my game more on the offense side and uh, I just keep doing it uh, again and again I need to to improve my serve a little bit because um, I'm still not serving uh, like I should do as a six, six, four, six, five uh, tennis player so I need to improve my, my serve and uh, obviously everything else need to just keep getting better a bit on everything but I think the serve and uh, and the offensive uh, part of my game is what I need to keep developing and being more solid again, uh, even more. And uh, in the fitness room, it's more about I'm pretty tall and, uh, and skinny, pretty flexible, but not that strong. I need to, to get a few, few more pounds of muscle and uh, my legs to be able to be more explosive on the tennis court, uh, which probably is going to help me to, to serve stronger, of course, and, uh, and be, be faster and more offensive. Yeah. And has it, you, you've referred to, and it's Steve is coach Denton, right? Who's the head coach of yeah, Texas yeah, A&M. He, he, has he, he Denton, has sorry. he, yeah, no. And he's had, you know, some great results, great success in tennis himself. Cause he's a former U S open doubles champion, correct? 
Yeah, obviously he has a lot of experience and uh, knows everything, almost everything about tennis. So it's always great to have someone like this uh, as your coach. So I just feel like uh, everything I can ask him, he knows the answers. And uh, that's pretty pretty rare to rare to to have someone like this. So it's obviously great. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, hey, um, this uh, we're gonna move on to our rapid fire segment. I don't know if you've you've kept up with our podcast, but with with the rapid fire segment, I'm going to ask you five to ten questions, really quick here, and you're going to answer with one word answer. So you ready to rock? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, so who's your favorite tennis player? Um, Roger Federer. If you were forced to give up a stroke in tennis, which would it be? My uh, backhand. Favorite thing to do in your spare time off the court or non tennis related. Um, spend time with my girlfriend. Favorite snack on the court? Uh, I would say the this um, how you call it? a little uh, cherry berry, you know, this uh, uh, red and uh, and purple uh, little fruits, you know, fruit snacks, fruit snacks. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, best tennis court surface? Uh, used to be clay, but uh, I would say uh, hard court now. <laughs> now that you're in the U.S., right? Uh, favorite meal off the court? Pasta with pesto. Most entertaining player on the tour right now? Uh, after today, I would say uh, Del Potro. Favorite TV show? Uh, Prison Break. Favorite sports star non-tennis related? Your name is and finish this sentence. My favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is the smell of you. <laughs> awesome, Arthur. Appreciate yeah. it. And I really appreciate, we'll uh, really appreciate you uh, doing uh, this kind of small article for, about me. It's really cool. Absolutely. Thanks, Arthur. We'll talk soon, man. Thank you very much. Goodbye. That was a fun one, Crack fans. Thanks for listening to my chat with Arthur Rendernack. He's had a very, very impressive tennis career so far, and we plan to watch as he enters his senior season at AM. He's definitely going to continue breaking records there this season. So we look forward to seeing what the season has in store for him and, and all the Aggies down at College Station. But coming soon, uh, this week we've got Kalamazoo Silver Ball winner Stefan Dostinich. Also got number one player in the 2019 class, Taylor Johnson. Arizona head coach Clancy Shields. We've got IU commit Patrick Fletchaw, UVA commit Will Woodall, and uh, much, much more on the way. So we've got some good interviewees coming and on deck for you all. So check that out. Appreciate all of your support as always. We couldn't do it without you guys. Go subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to go like the Facebook page as well. Also, don't forget to rate and review our podcast directly at iTunes. Uh, Right now, you have to go to iTunes on your desktop, but I think Apple's got a recent update where uh, you can review and rate the podcast right through your phone. So be sure to check that out. But next time, 
We will see you here with Stefan Dostinich. Thanks, everybody. It's a pleasure. 